My very first sponsor of the podcast was tfsjujitsu.com. If you enjoy high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu techniques with a Crunchwrap Supreme and a Baja Blasted drink, then tfsjujitsu.com is your place to go. With over 200 videos of gi and no-gi techniques, it features a bunch of different instructors, and it really focuses on the stuff that works. From guard passes to mount escapes to takedowns to submissions across the board, the website has been put together with a lot of thought in mind and an emphasis on technique. It's great, great content, a lot of awesome detail in some of the finer mechanics of jiu-jitsu. Great for a beginner or somebody who's a, a black belt level. Make sure you check them out. Website is tfsjiujitsu.com. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. This episode is very special to me because I sat down with my dad, Mark Lawson. My dad has been nothing but supportive in every aspect of my life. When I said I wanted to switch careers and make some moves into real estate, he said, Merry Christmas. Here's the 75-hour course you can take. Now you can't go back on your word. Ha ha. Then I told him I wanted to do a podcast. And that Christmas, he bought me a snowball mic and some online classes to learn how to podcast. But that's been my dad my entire life. Supportive in everything that I wanted to do. And God damn, am I really lucky to have him as a dad? Some people just get the shit end of a stick and, and get a dad who's not there or a dad that's doesn't really give a shit. My dad's the exact opposite. He cares a lot about me and my sister. And man, am I am I very thankful to have such a great dad. So this episode, you really got to learn where I get a lot of my nerdy qualities from. But, you know, that's what makes my dad so fucking awesome. He's genuine and he's himself 100% of the time and that's one of the biggest things that I love about him. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you enjoy hanging out with me and my dad. I did the whole stupid thing of, of using eBay because it's sometimes it's a little cheaper doing it that way than Amazon. What? What did they do to it? It's one of Grandpa's old microphones? Yeah, no, I, I got the cable. I purchased a cable oh. that goes from the microphone uh, into the actual audio port of your computer, your RC jack. Oh, gotcha. 3.5 millimeter. Oh, um, and I also got, because of the screw-up with that, um, I went ahead and got both a 3.5-millimeter connector, so you can plug it directly into your computer, or a USB. So it goes directly oh. from a professional mic, a vocal mic, into your computer. Oh, so. shit. That's cool. Yeah, no. What my uh, So my Xbox mic, if I, with my 
analog jack, like the which is at three point five millimeter. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. When I plug yeah, that into my computer and I use that mic, it still comes in staticky. So I don't know what's up with my laptop. I think it. I think I need to update a driver or something. I don't know. This was a. My laptop was a gift from Brittany's brother, Jonathan. I think I told you he yeah. refurbished this computer. It was pretty. It's pretty cool. So I don't know if maybe like the speaker part was messed up, but the USB. If I plug it, plug it in the USB, it works great. Yeah, it, it is possible that the uh, microphone on the laptop is just not the best in the world. They're not really made for professional quality, unless you get um, a Samsung. Samsung is known for uh, audio and video, but you also paid for the top of that. Sam, you said Samsung. You pay for the name on top of those computers because yeah, it's a Samsung. Plus, yeah. Plus, they have um, superior audio and video quality mm. embedded on the actual laptop and computers. Oh, that's interesting. It's kind of like a uh, uh, Samsung is known for that. I feel like Google has like a really better to use interface, like a better user interface. Well, I guess they both run Android, don't they? So I guess it doesn't matter. They do. They do. Um, it's just manufacture itself. They use, uh, because Samsung has some additional money uh, backing-wise, they were able over the course of um, their conception to be able to buy out other companies. Uh-huh. And in doing so, they kind of tweak their product line to correspond to what they've uh, purchased. Oh, gotcha. These, these other smaller companies that were superior in audio or video or whatever the case may be. Interesting. Just because Samsung had some serious cash to buy those those companies out? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Damn. What a bunch of ballers. Don't you do you have a phone with like a with Linux on it? Or is your your Raspberry Pi? It's just right? an Android. It's just an Android. Oh. The, don't you isn't your Raspberry Pi set to am I saying that right? Raspberry Pi? It's like a little computer. Yeah, what is that thing? I saw other people with it, and like they, you program stuff with it. Yeah, um, it's essentially a computer, full full blown computer. It's about the size of a, a pack of cigarettes. Interesting. Um, originally, it started off as a project type. Uh, project type meaning it's got the um, the boards that are in it, jumper cables or jumper pins, so you can actually add on to it uh, and create customized um, applications for the Pi Raspberry at a very, very low cost. Jesus. Such as a weather monitoring system, um, specifically for doing proxy server, um, sensor devices, uh, hooking up cameras, um, oh, heat signature type ones oh, uh, so it's like a really cheap too. way to program an application for a, yeah, like a very specific yeah. use yep yep so it's it uh, ranges anywhere from $20 on up to about $60 depending on how much memory and what version of the Pi Raspberry you want there's some other uh, low cost ones that are similar to what the Pi Raspberry does and it's all project based Meaning, you actually, if there, if you have a specific use and you don't have a lot of cash, or you're just interested in understanding technology, you can actually uh, use the Pi Raspberry or this equivalent and actually create customized uh, 
basically uh, uh, you learn as you go. Wow. Learn how to program. Learn how to uh, electric uh, electrical uh, sensors. Um, also, the Piper Mansbury, you can actually do um, gaming systems, um, oh, full gaming systems of Sega and Nintendo. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Is they, that a game that you, they program on. themselves, or is it just like a like a download? Like I don't under it's so. The idea of Raspberry Pi is very complex to me. It sounds like a very sophisticated computer that you can just adapt cool stuff to. No, it's, it, it's cool that you can it, just it pick it up it and learn it. it. Um, pretty much anybody can. Um, they have a lot of base OSs, and the OS is specific towards certain projects that you're working on. They have a lot that are actually with uh, Linux operating system. They have Windows that you can actually load on your Pi Raspberry, and they have a full full blown uh, Windows operating system. Yeah, and about the size of a uh, pack of cigarettes, basically. That's crazy. That's so wild. It's I I remember. In our house, you always had a computer that had Linux on it, and I still I feel like I never opened that mess with that computer. I don't I don't get it. Why Why did you always use Linux? I know you like tinkering around with it. Um, it kind of goes back to um, before the internet. Um, when I was in high school, the internet was actually just starting to appear. Yeah, what was that uh, like? Like, was that like <laughs> the the biggest thing ever? No, not really. Really? I, I can still, yeah, I can, I, I can still remember because back when I was in high school, they used to have BBSs, bulletin board systems. Um, it, it was equivalent to that. It was the early stages of Facebook, the early stages of uh, talking it, to other people. What was it? You said BBS. Yeah, it's a. It, basically, what you do is you actually dial into a site. Nowadays, you would actually dial into or go to www.facebook.com or whatever the case is. Yeah. A BBS site with—it's just a bulletin board system. Everybody would sign into it, meaning they would actually call a number to connect up to AOL or Net Zero or whatever their uh, their choice was for internet service, and then they would actually go in and type in either the telephone number, a specific telephone number for BBS to connect and it was the old rotary phones that it would actually go into a coupler to hear the little oh yeah yeah the famous internet noise yeah and it was all ascii uh, driven there was no graphics per se oh so there was a lot of variations of uh uh using the keyboard all the characters to create pictures ascii text art was oh. one of the first things that was really cool. Yeah, text and art, Star right? Trek. Yep. What about Star, Star Trek? Trek? Was one of them. Oh, really? Yeah, Star Trek. They had uh, it was a mathematical um, game that was actually set up, and it was a grid formation. Um, I want to say it was oh shoot, it's nine nineteen sectors by nineteen sectors or something like that. And each sector contained either another ship, a space station, moons, planets, a Klingon battle cruiser, etc., cetera, oh, etc. Cetera. Cool. That's and cool. On the screen, you would actually have either an asterisk to represent um, uh, a planet or moon, uh, an exclamation point to indicate another ship, 
Um, so they would do variations. That was the early graphics. Oh, that that's we used so to cool. Have. That's so cool. What What made you get into computers? You said in high school you were, like weren't you taking them apart and putting them together? Um, I was. Uh, it actually started before that. Um, your grandmother thought that I was going to be a uh, um, AV repairman or electronic repairman because uh, several times she found me taking apart our TV, uh, console TV, oh, yeah. with the tubes and whatnot, and laying them on the floor, cleaning them, and then putting it back together. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, maybe 12, 13. Oh, that's so crazy. That's funny. Grandma's, you're just taking apart TVs. Your, going back to your... Um, your previous podcast with Mike there yeah. with uh, Dungeons and Dragons and yeah. him saying that it was the nerdiest thing back in the eighties. Yeah. I know it started in 77, but um, I was doing Dungeons and Dragons um, on the weekends oh, at an American Legion in North Syracuse. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. Damn. This was probably 82, 81, 82, something like that. Did you have a group of people you were playing with? Yep, yep. There was probably about 30 or 40 people. What? Were you all breaked yeah. into different stories, or was everybody together? That sounds like No, mad. different stories. Oh, different okay. stories. There was usually a group of four or five of us at a shot. Oh, it was like Dungeons & Dragons night at the Legion, basically. Yeah. And uh, Anna's Possum Fire, yeah. that used to be a Pudgy's Pizza, and that's where we used to go and get our pizza. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit, that's yeah. crazy. That is so wild. How funny is that? Yeah, no, we were. It's funny is when Mike was talking about his uncle. His uncle Bob had played it, and his mom thought it was like, oh, "You're gonna lose your, yeah, you're gonna lose your soul in it." Shipping, yeah. <laughs> is that what yeah. it really was about? Like, did a lot of people no, think that? No, I didn't oh. think so. You definitely could lose yourself into it uh, because it was it. It's fantasy. Yeah, uh, it's making up a storyline and getting into the characters, getting into the actual story. Uh, it, it was, it's an, it's a way of escaping yeah. some of the stuff that was going on because you got to keep in mind that some of the stuff um, you guys take for granted now, like the internet, yeah, computer games up the wazoo that you have right now, we didn't have those. Yeah, what true. we had was equivalent to either a Atari. Or a Commodore 64, and that's what I, that was one of my first computers. Damn, that's so cool. With the floppy drive, the whole nine yards, and I I would actually get books and actually program the Commodore 64 to actually create games for me. You would program it? That was a thing? Was that like a thing with the Commodore 64? I didn't even know that. That was amazing. Yeah, that's pretty much, that that was pretty much the thing to do with that was, it was a lot cheaper to program it yourself it took a lot of a lot of time because you're actually typing it in and if you made a mistake with the syntax or one of the characters it wouldn't work correctly oh that's so crazy you guys were learning how to code and here we are we just going to wikipedia you can literally find anything that you want on the internet yeah yeah it's wild but, to uh, think. going going back to your <clears throat> your question in reference to um what made me get into computers? It was just, <clears throat> it was a fluke. Um, it kind of progressed into it. Uh, guy I used to hang out with back in high school, junior high, uh, Rob Dorschel. Yeah, I remember you. I know you mentioned that name a couple times. Yeah, 
Rob and I used to, uh, Rob was super into uh, guitars, bass guitars, and drums. Yeah. Um, so he and I met, coincidentally, when I started taking computer courses at Central Tech. This is back in 83, 84. I want to say it was 84. Central Tech Vocational School was another class that you could take on top of your high school classes. And what it was is you would have multiple schools from like Nottingham, Corcoran, Henniger, Fowler, um, all around the city school district from the high schools. They would actually bus you in to Central Tech, usually typically towards the end of the day, to take classes, either computer courses, um, uh, cosmopolity. uh, Cosmetology, (laughs) yeah, that's such a hard word. Uh, Yeah, air dressing, uh, medical, um, sanitation, woodworking, pretty much any arts and crafts type, uh, something that you would actually Like a lot of trades. Yeah, trade school. Yeah. Um, and that's where I met Rob Dorschel and several other guys. They were all from different high schools. So what we did was, because we would actually use these uh, BBSs to dial in on the weekends, you could actually rent or sign out kind of like a library. It looked like a huge briefcase. It was a, a basically a box um, with a lock mechanism that you would actually put your phone into. It was a modem and a screen and you would sign these out specifically so you could actually sign into the bulletin board systems and also play star trek oh that's awesome and other games as well but that was one of them right so so cool (laughs) these 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 individuals that i met while i was there Each one of them attended a different school, so we abbreviated, instead of learning each other's names, which we eventually did anyways, but we abbreviated the first four letters of every school in our group. There was five of us. Uh, Corcoran is Cork. That's where my nickname came from. Oh, yeah. Hen, Fowl, Not, Not was Rob Dorschel, Uh, and that was his handle on his BBS bulletin board system as well as mine. And it kind of just spun out from there. Oh, that's funny. That That's funny because that's how <laughs> it's similar to how frothy, which is a random nickname that John Hess gave yep. me one night and we all just started laughing yep. and, and it just stuck from there. That's so funny. At least yours has a little more substance to it. Mine was just John Hess made some of this elaborate story up. <laughs> yours at least makes sense. <laughs> That's funny. You guys used to just rent stuff like in the library and just learn how to code or you were just you're to specifically play that Star Trek game. Well, it it originally started from Central Tech, uh the vocational school. We would actually rent out equipment. Um we were programming, we were learning about computers when we were there. We actually designed uh and created a uh an airline system, ticketing system. That was our final project for the computer course. We actually designed a computer program that you could actually do for flight attendants where they would actually make reservations for you. Uh, What? Yeah. It was a program that we set up in this computer, and it was punch card readers at the time. Punch card readers and tape. Yeah? Real-to-real tapes. 
and that's how we used to program. Oh, that's so these wild. Big, yeah, it was Pearl and Cobalt and some other things, too. Um, but uh, that was our final project, is we had to create a program. It was a um, flight ticketing situation where an airline stewardess could actually go into this machine. It could be American Airlines or Delta or whatever, and type in John Smith going from L.A. to you know New York and all the corresponding stops, <laughs> and it would actually show you all the flight information. Damn, you guys program something like that? That's wild. Yeah. That was that was our final project, but they gave us little things as we went along to kind of build on it, and that's that's that was part of the reason why we gave the excuse that we needed to rent out equipment the, oh. to be able to use a computer to dial in to work yeah, or right. to work on our schoolwork, but we wound up playing games up until two or three o'clock in the morning doing other things. That's so funny. I didn't even know we had that parallel in our lives <laughs> when I was playing Call of Duty with John Smith late at night that was exactly what we were doing staying up until 2am mm-hmm. that's so yeah. funny after uh, how long were you in the vocational school for uh, it, was, it was a three year course it was the last three years of um, high school oh gotcha so the same time the same time I was going to uh, Corcoran um, you were doing those. I spent yeah um, I took uh, the vocational school, which was about, I want to say, the last couple of hours of the day, uh, Monday oh, through it. Friday. Um, and I actually got credit for it. Matter of fact, I still remember it. I also got a Regents, uh, Regents Diploma, too, associated with my general um, diploma. Oh, nice. Because, because of my computer courses I took, they qualified for the math equivalent of the Regents. Oh, right. So I got a Regents diploma on top of that, and I took the typing. And matter of fact, my last year of uh, high school, they uh, signed me up for a computer uh, class. It was like a 101 computer class. Yeah. And they didn't realize that I had already been taking for the last three years. Um, oh, and that must have been such a tech- cakewalk for you. Well, the, the instructor found out uh, within like one week of me taking this course. You're just acing I was everybody. Flying, I was flying through and doing stuff that we weren't supposed to be doing. Oh. Um, so he had a talk and basically said, yeah, I think this is this is too advanced. Oh. He's too advanced for this course, so I think you need to leave. So I have to get something else to, to kind of fill in my time. That's hilarious. You know what? I, I picture everybody else like a like a a giant bulletin board with a print, like a picture of a mouse class. This is called a mouse. Do you know the difference between a left click and a right click? Then I see another picture of a keyboard, and you're just like, yep, mouse, keyboard, done. Look at this. I just built a computer. I just coded the the, the operating system next. <laughs> That's so funny. After, when yeah. you were done yeah. with high school, after you did that, did you, uh, what was like your first job working with computers? Uh, first real job was um, Jack Gordon's Tobacco. Uh, that was shortly after I uh, married your mom. What did you do there? Cause I actually, Were you doing something with computers there? I was, yeah. 
Um, I originally started out with, um, I was supposed to be a helper in the office area for accounts receivable, accounts payable, uh, checking the drivers in and out, and then also then also assisting with as what they refer to as data entry. Oh, right. But their data entry was a borough system, and it was a, a punch call, a punch card reader. Basically, as a pre-punched reader, they would actually give discounts for customers um, and actually purchase from them, such as if uh, customer A, such as uh, a, a convenience store that happened to be a lifelong customer, they might get like 2% off their actual cost. Oh, gotcha. Because they're like the ordering card stuff would actually from reflect it. Yeah, The card would actually reflect it, and it would actually do a discount. Uh, of the items that they actually bought based off of that. Oh, interesting. So that's, yep. that's how I started. Um, and then it led into, hey, uh, we need to replace this Burroughs punch card reader. So um, how much do you know about computers? Um, could you actually do an install? So I wound up installing a, um, it was an IBM system and actually soldering connectors what that's the crazy. computers yeah <laughs> to make yeah. them work again yeah they're so confusing work. i see i yeah. see the back like i see a giant microchip a motherboard or something there's so much happening i don't understand i can't imagine you just soldering <laughs> wires in the right place like mine would just burn to crisp it was it was just connectors um oh. think think of it this way it was uh um, your traditional electrical outlet that you have you have a, uh, a plug with two prongs uh, three prongs if you actually have a ground associated with it right. it's very equivalent it's equivalent to that um, you had a connector that is they called it a barrel at the time the barrel is a steel barrel that would unscrew it would expose the contacts so where you need to solder your three connections or two connections depending on which which one it was and you would actually solder the corresponding cable wire to the appropriate pin. That's all it was. Oh wow! How interesting. I mean, you screw screw it back into place, plug it into the computer, and actually run a test, and it's like, whoop! There we go. Oh, how interesting! Jeez, it seems like you did a <laughs> lot for them. What was what was the company Jack Gor- Jack Gordon's? Right. Yeah, it was a wholesaler. Uh, sundry tobacco, uh, cigars, oh. um, pretty much. Pretty much anything you would actually see at like a Kmart. Okay. Um, gotcha. at, hol- at holiday time, up at the front register. Uh-huh. You know, gum, candy bars, uh, cigarettes. Gotcha. Um, they had sundry items such as little bags of chips and stuff like that, and That's cool. Twizzlers. And what? And what else? What other jobs would they make you do? <laughs> I, I actually did windows. You did windows. <laughs> I swept the floor. Yeah, I, I cleaned the windows at times. I swept oh, the floor. Cool. Um, I actually helped uh, fulfill orders. Uh, I put stock away at times oh. when it was needed. Yeah, this is all during everything. the times that I was actually uh, bored or didn't have anything else to do. I would actually look for something to do. Oh, gotcha. That's funny. It's like you just did everything there. Were you the manager yeah. or what? What the hell? Were you running the place? No, <laughs> no, no, I was just a worker. I would work in any department that they needed me to. It was uh, about 50 people. That's funny. That is so funny. After Jack Gordon's, did you go to a phase after that? Yep. 
Weren't you at, yeah, yeah, that's exactly where I went. Where'd you? What did you do yeah. at Phase? Uh, computers. Phase, the drugstore company. By the way, yep. for some people wondering. Phase wheels and paper cutter. Wow. As it was known at the time, yeah. Really? That's, yeah, you're, for a brief period of time, I used to work at paper cutter, um, in the same store as your mom. Oh, that really? That's funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. What was? So you worked with the computers that phase, but what, like, what was your second shift? Second shift, were you repairing them? Were you, were you like the help desk? No, I wasn't repairing them. Um, What was, what the whole process with that is their point point of sale system, they would actually, at the store level, would actually, at the end of uh, the shift or at the end of the night, uh, the manager would actually go, go through the register and say, hey, we, we sold X amount of items. Uh, we need to place an order to refill or restock. Mm. Um, I think we might need X, Y, or Z. But in addition to that, we have seasonal items that are coming along. Um, let's go ahead and put it into the um, their inventory system. The inventory system would actually send the inventory of what they were acquiring from the main office into the computer room at phase, we would actually receive it, validate to make sure that it was received correctly, and then process the order, meaning uh, we would print out the labels that would go on every single one of the oh my God. Uh, product. That sounds so tedious. Um, it, it was a long process. Holy shit. Um, I feel like right now you would make two clicks and all that would happen on the computer. That's so crazy. Yes and no. Um, it, it still is from what I understand, it's still kind of the same process because you still have, you still have to have somebody printing out those labels for you. Oh, gotcha. Um, and the labels themselves would be printed off and then those would actually be given to, um, the, um, the warehouse so they can actually pick the items. And that was the other thing we would actually generate the report indicating, Hey, we need x y and z please fill this and this goes for the store you know whatever yeah, store right. number five or whatever the case is yeah. they would actually pick it including uh include the stickers that go along with it and then we would actually have two or three carts grocery carts that we'd actually send down or whirl down to the uh, warehouse at the end of the night for them to actually start picking and have it on the trucks and ready um, by the first shift in the morning. Holy shit! So they can up. What what time is second shift? Is that twelve to ten? I never know when I hear those. No, se- second shift for phase was from four o'clock until I want to say it was twelve midnight or one in the morning or something like that. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And so they hit, it, they hit two locations. Yeah. One was the the warehouse. And then uh, further on down the road was uh, what they refer to as their office office area. Yeah, you were at the office um, area, right? Well, I, I went back and forth uh, throughout the night. So I was actually driving uh, uh, a couple times, and I, I would actually submit a job because it, it would take a while to actually um, process. Was it just quicker for you so, to run over? Yeah, it was quicker to run over, uh, submit the batch job or the jobs that needed to be done for the accounts receivable and accounts payable that was in another building. <laughs> it seems such and a tedious process. It, it was it was a long process, yeah, but it kept sure. me busy. Yeah, right. um, And then 
they had computer analysts that were in the office area that we would actually kick off jobs for them, which are um, forecasting reports, um, analytical uh, evaluations of products that are actually being sold in certain areas versus another and some, uh, some other things. So we would kick off jobs, specialized jobs for them as well. Right. Man, so in-depth. And then was after phase I feel like when you say the name of it I'm going to remember what well, after you you left phase you went IQS, to IQS IQS ACS affiliated computer solutions and IQS were pretty much the same company one in the same they offered the same type of services I remember that and they were they specialized in government local and state uh, going towards um, deeds, mortgages, uh, marriages, deaths, birth certificates for the local offices. Right. <laughs> so they would actually take the handwritten books that are actually at the courthouses, the local courthouses, and they would actually scan the deeds, mortgages, UCCs, etc., oh, and, and also them. create indexes to put them into the computer. So, a uh, um, an abstractor or yeah. a uh, title company can quickly go to a computer and pay a service either to the county or the um, database where it's actually being held with all this information to do a search, a background search, to find out if there's any liens against the property right. or if there's any issues related to the property that they weren't aware of when they were getting ready to close. Yeah. Well, this was all like pre-internet, right? Like big internet, high-speed internet. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. All, all, all on the cusp, I guess you want to call it, of, of internet. Right. It's right around that same time. Yeah, I would say, was that timing like around when net zero, like dial-up? Was um, thing? Or even before that? No, it's it's probably the 90s, 91, 92 area, okay. somewhere around there. It was right around the time that you were born. Gotcha. Gotcha. How interesting. Yeah, what? I can only imagine. Internet, like was, still, internet was still available. Uh, MindSpring was one of the other uh, services I was trying to think of. Um, oh, MindSpring. Like Yahoo and Net- Netscape. Mindspring would actually do a dial-up service. Oh, well, I wonder what happened to them. I I haven't heard them ever. No, I, th- I think they either went out of business or they were bought out, gobbled uh, up by one of the larger uh, affiliations. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I have always known the internet, right? Like it, before, I could remember like AOL was a thing. It was always dial-up. I mean, we as a family, we always had Net Zero. Right, or I yep. was playing computer games or something, but I maybe I remember playing them single game, but I don't know. The internet is it's kind of weird to be able to see how crazy it's it's been since that point. Yeah. Like you saw like a big a big jump off from that as a as yeah, like but, a computer programmer. Did you think the internet was going to be like a terrible thing, or were you so excited for it? No, it it actually helped out uh, considerably. Um, Case in point, your your computer that you're having problems with right now with the uh, speaker. Yeah. Um, when you went to look for a driver, how did you go about looking for that driver? 
Uh, I just use my computer. I just you can use an option uh, like settings, uh, drivers. Go okay. to your devices, right click microphone, and then click update driver. I think that's the way I did it. Okay. Now, now remove the internet from that. How would you get the driver? Oh shit! A, f- a CD or a floppy me. disk. That was me. Yeah. No, no, no catch all. So books oh, were a big deal. Trying to figure out what the correct driver was and having it on either floppy or three and a half inch was a pain. Really? It was a royal pain. Yeah. Damn. If you didn't get the right one, it wouldn't work correctly, and you couldn't you couldn't do the work that you needed to. That's that's one of the key things that I noticed right off the bat as soon as internet hit. I was wow. able to quickly look up and identify what drivers I needed and download them as opposed to having to rummage through my, my stockpile of three and a half inch um, yeah. and floppy drives I'll trying to it. find out where in the heck it is and hope, hope and cross my fingers that it was the right driver. That's crazy. That is so – what a thing I take advantage of. That was mm-hmm. – for something that takes me – four clicks and maybe oh, we just lost seconds. two or three more people they just got bored just just hung up <laughs> <laughs> right you're you're, like, going oh, through, <laughs> you're you're going through like a giant binder full of floppy disks and just yeah. man that must have been one of the biggest changes ever right yeah yeah one of the biggest especially as a computer programmer because that must have been huge a huge time saver yeah. just a huge time saver, but it, it was also on the verge of um, internet was popular, and you could actually do a search for drivers. You weren't one hundred percent successful mm. finding that driver because of um, the internet was still new. All drivers weren't out there. Oh so, right, man. So it, it was. It definitely helped. But it was not a 100% improvement. It definitely saved some time, but ultimately we had to wait a couple more years before um, the database and all the drivers that are available got caught up and were actually out into the Internet so we could actually search them. Oh, interesting. So there was a a small period or a time period that – all the drivers were not available. You'll still have that issue every once in a while, and that's contributed to space. People don't have the space to hold on to all these drivers, softwares, and uh, documentation. Right. Um, if you want, if you want something fun to do, look at um, a site that's called the um, the Wayback Machine or uh-huh. the uh, the time machine i think it's called uh it's a historical representation of every website that used to exist back at the early times of the internet oh. that are no longer present anymore oh interesting it's called the way i think it's called the wayback machine wayback machine that's interesting there must have been so i can imagine did you ever make a website when the internet was fresh. Like, did you just decide that you want to learn how to code a website or something? Um, I didn't really make one. Do you remember I the tested. books? I don't mean to interrupt you, but remember What's those that? books that you had when I was, oh, yeah. when I was younger that had the white covers to them and they had like sketches of things and it was all different coding languages, right? Is that what they were? 
Uh, there was various various books, yeah. Yeah, there was Cobalt, that. Pascal. There was there was variations, and then there was also owners' manuals of right. HP printers. Yeah. Um, I remember and there was also software books too. Yeah, for fun, you would just yeah. read books on how to program computers. That's so cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. What were you, you were saying? I, I forgot. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a I'm a couple rum and cokes in too. No, how it's like <laughs> seeing the internet in its infancy to what it is today has to be pretty incredible. For me, the like I can I only remember a time when there was slow internet, right? When we would have to go on Net Zero and have to ask you to. Dad, can I use the phone lines for an hour when I play RuneScape? To now where it's, you, it's so quick in a blink of an eye, you can download so much information. You can go to YouTube, have anything that you want to learn how to do. But pre the pre all the internet, it was you had to look up encyclopedias on how to do things. And I don't or know. you had books. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was also the last time I can actually remember um, kids being outside. I mean, actually playing outside. <laughs> right. Right. I I think, like, my age group had it just right, where we were still playing outside all the time, but occasionally we would like to play N64. Now, with the mm-hmm. internet, I feel it's just amped up, right? Yeah, they're, they're overly exposed right now to uh, uh, technology. You know what's weird? It's, it's too much. You know what's weird, Dad, is the other day? <laughs> We were feeding Ash in a bottle with no TV. And Brittany goes, hey, you want to watch America's Got Talent? And I went, yeah, sure, we'll we'll catch up on that. So she turns on the TV, and Ash, as he's drinking his bottle, immediately looks at the start of the show. And he will not break contact. It's his – he snaps to screens. It's the weirdest thing yep. to watch. It's the, sh- it's the shadows and the colors that's catching his attention. Right oh, now. my God. It's crazy to watch. There's this ABC yeah. video we watch where it's, like, brightly colored and there's animations all over the place. I've never seen anybody's attention snap so hard and he locks in no matter where you break the phone. Yeah. We worry about screen time and he's only, like, six months. We're like, should he, should he be looking at TV <laughs> right now? Put our hand in front of his face when he's not watching it. It's it's the vibrant colors. It's it's the sound, the colors, the shapes. Yeah, right. Totally. I mean, I had my face on a Game Boy for a lot of my childhood, and I guess I turned out halfway decent. You did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember wait, what, wait, I, what we were talking Pokemon? about earlier. Pokemon? Yeah, Pokemon. What's that? That's right. I remember what we were talking about earlier. It was if uh, you had coded a website. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I didn't really code a website. Um, I actually played around with it offline. Uh, that kind of goes back to the books there, actually figuring out how to do it. Um, and I found out early on that, hey, there's too many people that are actually doing their own, you know, coding their own websites. And, oh, they're going to probably automate this in the near future. Uh-huh. So it's nice to know about it, but, uh, oh, well. Yeah, there's and a lot sure of different enough. avenues you could take with computers in oh, that yeah. too, where you're like programming, yep. uh, you could be designing websites. That's a very good point because it is very automated right now. Yeah. I could just go there's to. There's a lot of things that are automated. Yeah, right. You can. There's tons of different websites out there that you can pay just to put together a website and you just drag and drop shapes and you're making a website. But prior, you had to like. Cut 
code stuff, like you're typing stuff into a keyboard to make it work. Correct. How yep. interesting. So if you didn't go the designing website way, like what path did you take into computers? Um, More programming? Mine was kind of a mix. It was a mix, mix bag. A man uh, of many and when talents. I say that, uh, Jack, Jack of all trades, master of none mm. is, is what I'd like to call it. It, I dabble in everything. Yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> everything from programming to help desk support to retail sales, to being on the front line, uh, knowing what somebody needs, um, project manager, transition manager, installation, um, you can be a manager, a straight out manager, but quite honestly, without the technical background and st- stuck in meetings and stuff like that, that's that's not my cup of tea. I, I I would pull my hair out if I had to be in meetings all day. I'd yeah. rather be in the trenches trying to figure out something. Interesting. I, I, I feel like this isn't a job interview, but I want to hire you right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. The funny thing is, is a lot of these companies nowadays, their list of wants or needs is like probably an arm's long length that you must have this. You can, you need to have experience in this and this and this and this and this. And oh, by the way, you also need to have schooling for X number of years. Yeah. You also need to get accreditation for X number of years. And I'm like, Whatever happened to real life experience? Oh, interesting. The individuals yeah. that are actually in the trenches, right. they know they know what something smells funny. Um, what I mean by that is, case in point, somebody comes fresh out of uh, college. Yes, they've had an internship of maybe two years. They didn't really get their feet wet per se of having their boss or their boss's boss shouting down on their throat or mm. standing over their shoulder when something falls apart right. or something falls through or a budget falls through or well over the budget and we still haven't finished what we're supposed to do. Meanwhile, you have a seasoned individual that has been in that position for a period of time throughout their, their life cycle that can actually step in and take the complete picture in. Right. And figure out by working together you're, to get the is, issues taken care of. Meanwhile, you have this college individual, this fresh college individual. He may have the book smarts to figure out eventually, trying to figure out what's going on. But quite honestly, they don't pan out because they want to look it up on the Internet. They want the shortcut. They want the easy fix. Is what I'm it comes down to. Totally guilty. When I get caught in something, I go, "How can I Google it? How can I Google it and get out of this one?" I'm yep. guilty of that. No, that's funny because on on not too long ago, I saw on the internet where uh, somebody had posted in a job uh, posting. It said must have at least five years experience in this a uh, certain like uh, coding language. And the person who invented the coding language said, hi, my name is so-and-so. I invented this language, and it's only two years old. It's a brand new form of coding or a brand new programming (laughs) language. So, like, I think there's some companies out there that just get a little lost in asking for ridiculous things. Yeah, and the cost or the salary does not justify what they're asking for half the time. 
because they right. want you to be a jack of all trades, master of none, but also have the pay of none. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They, they kind of want to rip you off a little bit. But I guess well, that's how some of the bigger corporations are. They're looking are. at the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I can understand that. They got to run a business. If you're asking. If you're asking for this long laundry list of items, you really shouldn't be asking, you know, or, or yeah. offering a right. piece of bread basically in front of somebody's face. Yeah, for sure. I know you spoke pretty highly that you love the current job that you work now, but besides the one you're at now, did you have a favorite job that you liked? Like, was there one place that you yep. enjoyed the most? Yep. Uh, corporate, corporate side uh, or private sector. It was uh, Brookfield Power or Brass Can Power. Oh, that's cool. Um, I remember you loved work yeah. there. Yeah, that was. Why did you uh, like it? Why did you it like was, it so much there? Um, it was a mixed bag of different things, from programming to reporting to um, general PC uh, repair and fixing and installation. It was a mixed bag of everything, basically, is what it comes down to. Oh, that's cool. And they they knew the value of the in, individual that's in that position because they actually gave you the salary to compensate you for the additional time and hours that you might have to spend oh, on gotcha. certain times. Because it was kind of a demanding job, basically. So the it, it was it was right because it was with a uh, power uh, hydroelectrical uh, power generation company. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> They, uh, they demanded that you don't have the traditional time frames. There might be times that they might have to call you on like a weekend or uh, additional times after hours. Right. Uh, case in point, uh, less than three months into the position, we had that. Um, you, you don't know about it or don't remember it, I'm sure. We had a blackout in the northeastern section of the state, and it caused a... Um, essentially 90% of the Northeast was totally without power for a period of time. Oh, shit. No, I didn't know that. And it come, it came to be that it was one of the electrical uh, power generation companies oh, shit. That, caused, that caused that issue. And I happened to be in the control room as a contractor within the first three months and I was there after hours trying to figure out, uh, generating reports, trying to figure out if it was us that actually caused it to provide to oh the God. FCC. Oh my as God. Well my palms are sweating as you're telling me the story. What's that? I said, my palms are sweating as you're telling me the story. <laughs> so I was, I was in the control room and we had emergency power in generators that were kicked that kicked in. There was probably like fifteen to twenty of us that were in the control room, all scrambling around trying to figure out what the heck just happened. Oh my god! We lost power. Everything was gone. Jesus. So. So scary. You're telling me this. I'm like, I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for it. It just sounds like chaos. <laughs> sounds like chaos. That's a lot of pressure. No, actually, it was it was a lot of pressure, but it was very interesting to see what took place. Um, even the CEO of the company itself, he was on the floor asking 
his uh, managers for advice and trying to figure out exactly what was going on and provide the information uh, quickly back to um, uh, each corresponding hydro facility because unfortunately the hydro facilities themselves, they operate on power in order to raise the water levels, raise the gates, turn on and off the um, the electrical, um, I guess you want to call them the generators themselves. And you can't just arbitrarily flick the switch and turn them all off. Yeah. Otherwise, you could cause serious damage either to the engines themselves or the plant itself Jeez. or bodily injury to somebody because all of a sudden this massive amount of water just comes flooding out because the gates can't close oh. at each site because right. they had a power loss. Jesus, so, man. How long were you so without a, power for? Uh, I want to say it was uh, it's about three or four hours. We oh, out. my God. Because I stayed oh. extra and because I offered additional assistance, the next day I found out that the CEO took it upon himself to actually um, figure out who I was and offered me a full-time job. So, oh shit! That's sweet. What a what a sweet ending to that. That just sounds like so yeah. much goddamn pressure. I couldn't imagine. Jesus. And how, how? I'm sorry. How long did you say you were out with power for? About three hours. Holy! <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like, but still, it would cause a lot of damage. No, at the time we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. All we knew was is we lost power in one of the substations that actually fed the northeast had some power that was actually being fed back to the corresponding plants, so it actually affected multiple substations. Oh, gotcha. That's all we knew. Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. But back to a bigger question. What kind of character did you play in Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> elf. Night elf. That's so funny. Did you have a bunch of dice? Did I ever what? Did you have like a bunch of dice? Like D20s and stuff? I used to have dice, yes. I used to have... Um, you remember some of the pewter... Um, um, statues I used to have, right? Yeah. I used to paint those as well, and that was specifically because we were doing Dungeons & Dragons, and we would use those statues to represent a horde or whatever the case might oh, be. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so wild. That's so. I'm telling you right now, anybody who's listening to this starts us talking about Dungeons & Dragons, and then if they just fast forward <laughs> to the end, they just think it's an hour-long podcast about Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> no, they, they already clicked off within the first 10 minutes. It's like, oh, they're talking about computers. <laughs> no, it's funny because it's I knew computers were important to you, so it's interesting because I never understood totally what you did because just like you said, you dabble in everything from Dungeons & Dragons to coding software to messing around on your Raspberry Pi. Yeah, it's just, it, just my interest. That's all it is. My my latest thing is is my cameras. I play <laughs> around with cameras. You play with... That sounds like a weird fetish, but what are you doing with cameras? 
<laughs> it's not like bronies or anything like that. Yeah, Come yeah. on, really? <laughs> like setting up security no, cameras I, around the house? Se- security cameras. Um, oh, temperature, humidity, uh, sensors, um, lighting with uh, sound. And the uh-huh. pie raspberry actually provides some of that mechanism. But I also go outside the scope and actually play around with uh, a lot of items from, as people like to refer to it as, China. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Right, right. So I get a lot of packages from China of things that I'm actually dabbling with or playing around with. So your I'm neighbors are probably a little sketchy operating. of you, huh? What's that? Your neighbors are a little sketchy of you then, huh? No, I, I watch them really closely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a camera right in their backyard. I know. That's funny. So what was the – I remember you had said you were, were working with like a certain brand of security cameras. What is the brand? Um, well, there's two that I'm actually working with. Uh, oh. Wise is one. They mix together onto one program? No, they're, they're two different softwares. They both have the same compatibilities. Uh, the difference is, is pricing and features on mm. each one of them. Oh, uh, gotcha. Wise is one and Blink is the other one. Oh, interesting. Do you prefer one over the other or do you just you like both of them so you use both of them? Um, I, originally, I originally started playing around with the uh, Blink first and I was going to use that long term. Um, there's some features on it I really like, uh, but the pricing of the blank cameras was a little bit more than, excuse me, more than what I wanted to pay for it. And that's why I was started looking at, uh, American or quasi American products that might offer equivalent to it. And that's how I got involved with wise and that's W Y Z E. Use the code word Corey to save yourself 10% on a checkout. <laughs> no, actually, I don't get any anything. It just sounds like an, uh, an advertisement. No, that's funny. No, I just—it's cool to hear like a brand that you respect. That's all. But one of the things I do encourage everybody—if anybody out of the four or five listeners that are actually listening—two uh, <laughs> of them, I always I say the same joke to people. I always say it's, it's like four of them, mom listening on different devices, and then you listening on two <laughs> devices. So a total of six listeners. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a couple things that uh, I, I kind of mentioned to you and Anna over the years. One in particular was uh, um, I more and more I get into the computer technology um, and also fraud of what goes on with people's identities and stuff like that. You need to be very, very careful on what you do. And oh, right. there's certain things that that, that kind of goes back to the question of why I decided to remove Facebook or yeah. any social media off of my phone. Yeah, you, you told me laptop. when I said we did this over Messenger, you were like, oh, yeah, I deleted Facebook off my phone and I don't really only have it on my tablet now. Well, so yeah. what's the reasoning? Uh, security is oh, okay. one of the first things. Um one of the first things that I found is even though that somebody says that they're going to do something, 
such as, oh, we would never give out your information, or oh, we we need permission to see all your contacts, or they we need permission have. to see your videos. Um, yeah, that that's a that's a that's a line that they tell you. Yeah, right. They are using that information, and it, typically it's analytical, and then they wind up reselling it to a third party. Ah, it's all sketchy. Case in point. Yep. Case in point. Um, the lady in the tube. The what? Lady in the tube, Alexa. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, even though they say they don't record or follow what conversations take place, as long as that sucker has power to it, they do random checks on it. If it has the mic and it does, they will check into it. So it makes sense. Sometimes I'm talking about. How bad I want Ben and Jerry's to Brittany, and then all of a sudden, boom, I got a Ben and Jerry's ad on my cell phone. Hey, I was just talking about how Ben and Jerry's people, with Brittany. That's weird. How many How many people do you think have uh, are using Alexa right now to listen to this podcast? Oh, that are listening via Alexa? Yeah. Probably not so much. I actually get a lot of listeners through Spotify, which, I, I mean, I guess they could play through their Alexa. Okay. One of the uh, one of the, there, there's a lot of neat little tricks you can actually play on uh, um, Alexa. Um, not only play around with her, but also have her do certain things. And there's tons of them on the internet that you can actually like, look up, like little um, Easter eggs. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, bless you. Thank you. Um, if you want. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is rated G or rated R or whatever the case is for the podcast. <laughs> whatever, go for but it. I, I, found, <laughs> I found out some neat little tricks that you can actually do um, as opposed to translation. If you ask Alexa to translate 100 in Welsh, see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to leave it for everybody to do it. Or just, or just say, Alexa, translate 100, 100, 100 to Welsh. Well, <laughs> I have my Alexa unplugged, so I'm not going to try it. I'm going to let everybody else at home do it. <laughs> well, thanks uh, for... From, uh, from the security, kind of going back to the, the reasons for backing off was... Um, oh, the Facebook. These companies right, right. such as... Facebook and stuff like that, even though they say they're not doing certain things, you know darn well they are. And they're selling your information. Little Zuckerberg. So you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Lizard person. Yeah. So that was the main reason why I did it. Um, And because my tablet does not have any pictures or contact info on it. Oh, uh, gotcha. Telephone numbers, etc. Smart move. Um, they can have all the access they want to it, but they ain't getting anything. Right. Well, nice. Hell yeah. That's a good way to end it. Everybody delete Facebook because they're watching you. No, I don't want them to delete Facebook. <laughs> Just they've got they've got to put it in a smaller box. Is what yeah, it yeah. is. No, especially after all that stuff with Mark Zuckerberg that went down when you were watching him in the jury. You for sure knew uh-huh. 
something's he is a weird guy who has no emotion would not surprise me if he was just a a computer can with human him skin in high school yeah right imagine him in high school or college yeah right for sure i i don't know <laughs> i i i i think zuckerberg's a computer with human skin <laughs> <laughs> no he's a robot yeah right seriously dad thanks for doing he's the podcast this was cool to hear your your work history and all about computers. I feel like we could do a whole nother hour next time. Uh, probably do a security segment if you really wanted to. Sure. How to how to protect yourself in the real world, and we're not talking about uh, making aluminum hats and putting them on your head. Nope. We're talking about tinfoil hats. <laughs> yes. Yes. With real tin. <laughs> that's where it, Sometimes. That's how that's gonna end. <laughs> that's how the podcast is gonna end. I just want to take a second to say thank you for listening to this episode of the Corey Cast. The love and support since I started this podcast has been nothing but incredible. Make sure you follow, rate, review the podcast. It would mean a lot to me. And if you share anything from the podcast, just use the hashtag CoreyCast. Thank you for your time, and I appreciate you guys. Love you all very much. Bye.